I have the privilege of introducing her to you. Uh, she is weird. <laughs> and I get to say that because she's my sister. She is sometimes awkward. She is funny. She is an inspiration to me and so many. She is, uh, I'm going to try to do this without crying. I'm so proud of my little sister who has been used by God in so many ways to speak truth and hope into so many lives. She's been in kids' ministry for the last 15 years, and she has got an incredible message uh, for all of you here today, and especially all of you women here today. And so Life Church Buffalo, without further ado, I would ask you to please join me in giving a very, very warm welcome to my sister, Beth Miller. everyone. Oh, goodness. I am so excited to be here at my brother's church here today. And I'm preparing and thinking about the fact that I am going to be on the stage at my big brother's church and how I'm trying to prepare my open. And I think that I have like the perfect opportunity to totally take a few minutes and totally just razz on him. Like I have the stage, I have a microphone and he's sitting right there and I can just share so many funny stories from childhood and teenage years and I can just let it go. I have the mic and he does not right now. Um, but everything that keeps on coming up to my mind, knowing that I was preparing for this, um, um, oh, I'm a, so me and my brother are related. We're siblings. We share the gene that we both cry a lot. So get ready. Um, I'm preparing, and all I can just really think about is the fact I just, I love my big brother. And when I think about him, um, his love for this church, even before he became the lead pastor here, we worked um, in ministry together in Ohio, and even before that, he has loved the people of this church for so long, and he prays for you guys. He has such an overwhelming sense of love and care for this church. And um, it's one thing for a pastor to be able to take the stage and say, I love my church. It's almost sometimes like an expectation. You're like, yeah, but you got to love me. You're my pastor. That's what you're supposed to say. But people who are close to him, you get to kind of see, as a sister, I get to see another side of him. And um, just this last Easter, we were in town. I got to be here. And um, I know Easter and the holidays are always really busy. Um, and so... I knew that he and Kelly would be so exhausted. And so I wanted to come home early from service and just prepare um, dinner, get everything ready. And we're waiting for Pete to get home. Everybody else is home and we're dinner's ready. We're ready to eat Easter dinner. And Pete's late, but he comes in and I can tell that he's, he's been crying. And, um, and he's just, we're like, where were you? And he was like, I just needed a minute with God. I'm just so thankful that I I get to do this, that these people get to be my people, that this is my church. And he's been sharing, I've been hearing from a distance, the, what God has been doing in this church. It's not just the growth and attendance, but the amount of people who have recently placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, the amount of people, is it 34 people just decided to get baptized this last time? And the outreach um, efforts and the small groups that are starting. Um, church, I'm here to tell you that this isn't normal. 
this isn't normal. What God is doing here, God is doing a work in this church, and it's exciting. And your pastor loves you guys. He loves you guys. That's all I can think about was that he loves you guys. But I'm excited too because here I am also. This is my mama's church and it's Mother's Day. I never thought I'd ever be able to preach on a message on Mother's Day. And there's my mom. I literally wouldn't be here without her because she gave birth to me. Um, <laughs> but no, really, I literally wouldn't be where I am today without my mom. Thank you for always. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you for always praying for me, for shaking heaven, for going to God on my behalf time and time again. Thank you so much, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. <laughs> um, um, but it's Mother's Day. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I think that you guys are amazing. Your hearts are huge. What you have on your shoulders, you have burdens and cares, and you just keep on going. And people can, I think Avengers just came out, and it was really popular, and people talk about superheroes, you know, that they're incredible. I think moms are incredible. Moms are incredible. And um, I just have a couple funny things that I would like to share about moms because I think that moms are amazing, okay? I think moms are amazing. Um, mom doesn't wear Superman pajamas. Superman wears mom pajamas. <laughs> when the boogeyman goes to sleep at night, he checks his closet for moms. Um, mom once ordered a Big Mac from Burger King, and she got one. Um, mom went skydiving, and the parachute failed to open, so she took it back the next day, and she got a refund. <laughs> mom doesn't dial the wrong number. You answer the wrong phone. Um, mom doesn't dial the wrong number. Did I just say that one? You pick up the wrong phone. That's going to come a lot. That's going to happen a lot today. A cop once pulled mom over. Luckily, the cop only left with a warning. Mom doesn't tell lies. She changes the facts. Get that straight. There used to be a street named after mom, but it was changed because nobody crosses mom and lives. <laughs> Fear of spiders is called arachnophobia. Fear of tight, tight spaces is called claustrophobia. A fear of mom is called logic. It's called logic. Um, and the last one, a mom has a grizzly bear rug on, her, um, on the floor in her room. The bear isn't dead, it's just afraid to move. It's just afraid to move. So I think you're amazing, happy Mother's Day. I am a mom as well. I believe I have a picture of my family, that's my family. I am a mom, God has blessed me with the honor and privilege of being married to that guy right there, his name's Joe Miller. We're about to celebrate our 17 year anniversary next week. And we have two beautiful daughters. Thank you. We have two beautiful daughters. McKenna is 11 and Addison is eight years old. And um, McKenna, my oldest, she is weird and quirky and funny and she loves soccer and she loves slime. Are there any other parents out here right now who their children is obsessed with slime? She watches YouTube like DIY things constantly, and we have slime everywhere in my house. She makes it, we have it in our carpet. We have it on furniture, we have it spilled in the back of my van, we have it on the walls, we have it staining um, clothing. We have slime everywhere. And Addison, um, my little eight-year-old, I can't even describe her personality. She's such an individual, and that's what people say too. Kelly, my sister-in-law, she'll describe that she loves her so much, but she just has her own little unique personality. But one thing I love about her already is that at eight years old, she's, she's my little prayer warrior. 
Um, I've been having, like, for example, I've been having back pain the last few weeks, and when she knows that I'm in pain, she'll come up to me and she'll lay her hands on me and pray. And um, I struggle with migraines, and so they know if it's, like, dark in, in our house and I'm in the room with a pillow over my head, she'll come tiptoe real, real quietly, and she'll whisper a prayer. She'll lay her hands on my head, and she'll pray for me. She's my little prayer warrior. Recently, she's been praying for a baby brother or a baby sister. <laughs> Really hoping um, that maybe that's more like a little prophetic thing going on. That's, like it's an imagery thing that maybe she, I'm going to be given birth to something new in my life in the in the coming months. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping. What that one is. Um, um, and I know. I just want to thank you guys for having me. Um, so. I know that you don't know me that well, and it can be a little bit weird when you have a guest speaker. You don't know their style. You don't know what they're like. Um, you don't know their style. Do I, do I say amen? Do I shout? I've been in kids and family ministry for the last 15 years or so, so I'm really used to a responsive crowd. Um, I like a responsive cr uh, crowd. Kids would end up, um, they could just stand up in the middle of a service and be like, you're so weird, Pastor Beth. I would encourage you, please don't stand up in the middle of service today. <laughs> And you would break my heart. Please don't do that. But shout an amen, a preach it girl. You can stand up and throw a napkin at me if you would like. I'm used to a responsive crowd. Um, I, like, I like talking back and forth a bit. Um, but if I can just be honest and transparent with you guys for just a moment, um, I'm really excited about the word that I'm going to share with you guys. But um, I'm not just preaching to you guys today. Um, I, I think I have a word for every person here today, whether you're a male or a female, you're a teenager, you're, it doesn't matter your age. Um, I'm not just preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to my heart today, to myself, to my circumstances and my situation. Um, there are times in life where you will have to, in faith, where you don't look at the truth of what your eyes see in the world around you, but you have to go to the truth of what God's word says about a situation and you have to declare it and speak it in faith that that's what God's word says. Period, end of story. Period, end of story. So I'm gonna be preaching to my heart, to you guys and to myself right now. I've been going through a really difficult season. I don't know where you find yourself right now or if, if you've ever been in a difficult season. Maybe you're not in one right now, but you will have one in your future. You will have one in your future. And right now, I feel heartbroken. Um, I feel like my, my spirit is crushed, and there are parts of my life right now that just feel like dust, that just feel like dust. But there are two things, I know a lot of things about God, but two of the things that I know about God is that um, the anointing comes in the oil. And when does the oil come? It comes in the crushing and in the breaking. It comes in the crushing and the breaking. So there is an anointing that is going to be coming during my time of crushing and of breaking. But from the very beginning of time, from the very first page of our Bible, we serve a God who is in the business of taking things from dust and starting to tell his story of redemption and reconciliation and his story of great love for all people. That's what he does. 
from the very first pages, that's the kind of God that we serve, that he takes things that are broken, things that are made out of dust, and he does something incredible with it. A few weeks ago, my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I literally don't know which way is up. I don't know where God is going. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. And a few weeks before my world got switched around, I was singing the song. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, and the lyrics go, you can have it all, Lord, every part of my world. Take this life and breathe on this life that is now yours. And um, I heard him say, like, can I have it all? A lot of times we sing songs and lyrics. We don't under, always grasp the real power of the words. You know, have it all, take it all, take it all. What if he takes it all? Can I have it all? Am I enough? You see, I was already living in the, a life of, um, I was a broken person, and God had already done such a tremendous story in my life where I was an example of someone who I shouldn't even be alive today, and God took me and saved me and he placed me and I was already a story of redemption and restoration and look what God can do with such a broken, broken person. And I was there and there we were and, and following Jesus and building our dream house and, and it was like, what if, what, if I, what, if I take your, what if I take your home? What if I, can I have your home? Can I have your position? Can I have your title? Can I have things? Am I enough for you? If all you have in this world, am I enough? Am I enough? Um, so I've gone through a season of loss right now, and it brought me to a place of just really getting in his presence and seeking his face and rediscovering who he is and rediscovering who he says I am. And I don't care how old you are. Um, no, we can never stop learning about our great, amazing God that we serve. We'll never get to a time where we have it all figured out, where we know who he is and what he's doing. Um, and so... I just sat in his presence and wanted to rediscover my purpose, my identity. What does this God say about me and who I am? What does he want to do with me? What does he want to do with me? And um, the neat thing about God, I want everybody to think about this for a moment, is that God didn't have to create me. God didn't have to create you, but he wanted to. But he wanted to. That a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, a million years ago before all of this, that when he thought of all things in this world and how he wanted heaven one day, he thought to himself, oh, I know what else I need. I need a Beth. He didn't have to make me, but he wanted to make me. And that should mean something to us. The same God who created the hydrogen atom in pine trees, the same God who split the Red Sea and rose Jesus from the grave, that very same God wants me. Where he, he turns his head, he turns his ear and he holds my heart and he asks me to come sit in his presence. And he wants me. I want you guys to think of your life like that. You know? That God wants you and he has a purpose and a plan for us. We're created not just to know God, but to make him known in the world that we live. If our simple purpose was just to know God, 
There's a God who loves us so, so much. The moment then that we came to know him, he would be like, I want to take you up to heaven with me. I want you. I want you with me. He loves you so much. He longs to be with you. So we're here to not just know God, but to make him known, to make him known. Um, so I'm, this is for me, but there's a room full of people. I'm here excited about what I'm going to be sharing today, but I'm excited and nervous because at this very moment, there's a God, there's Jesus who's sitting on his throne and he's gazing at this church. There's a room full of people that he absolutely adores, that he has purpose and plans for, that he sees what God is doing. He's releasing his power in this church right now and God's moving and he's looking at this church and he's so excited and he sees your tomorrow and he sees your year from now and he sees things that he's laying out for each and every single person in this room. He's excited. I'm standing in front of God's cherished possession. I'm standing in front of people that he absolutely loves. Life Church today, I wanna talk to you about purpose and identity today. And I want to talk to you about being fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. And a big part of our purpose and our identity, um, so much of it, our story wraps up, up into it as well. So for me, I am a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend. All of those things wrap up into my story. Um, and I'm going to have a part of my message that's going to be is for women. I love women. I love building up women. But every single person in this room today, I know that you're going to get something out of it today. I want to encourage you. And even when, if, when it's the women part, I want to encourage you guys to still tune into it because you have a woman in your life. You have a mom. Maybe you have a wife. Maybe you're raising daughters who are going to grow up and be women of God. You have friends that are women. Maybe you lead women to see them that as how God created them to be. But part of our identity and our purpose and figuring all of this out, I think it's important to understand how God wired us. One of our challenges from the very beginning of time is to figure out how God wired us. How did God wire us? How, I wanted to remind the church of our God-given DNA. Everyone was created with a purpose, to, to know God and to make him known, that you are representing the king in the world around you. But it's important to know how God has wired you, imprinted himself on your very person. I'm gonna jump into God's word in Genesis chapter one. I wanna encourage you guys to, to, to turn there in your pages if you have a paper Bible or if you have an online device that you can go to. And if you're brand new to church and following Jesus, I made it really simple, really easy. It's the first book of the Bible and the very first chapter of the Bible. So we're gonna to go to Genesis chapter one and we're gonna start in verse 26. That's where we're gonna be going today. Um, right in the beginning of time when God created us. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant 
on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food and all the beasts of the earth, all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very very good. I love this version of the creation story right off the bat because it just started with blessing. Right off the bat, if you're ever wondering what is God up to, it's a good place to go where God started. And in the very beginning, God started with blessing. He started with good things that he looks at us. If you've ever questioned, does God look at me like he loves me? Did he, does he even like me? The very beginning, God sets himself up and sets us up with blessing, with purpose. We can see that they have, they have plans. God tells them to govern. It's a good thing that they find themselves in a place of blessing. I love that. But when we jump in and we want to like look at the word right there, I want us to look at the word image the first description, image, we can think that image just means like an outline. When he took us from dust and he shaped us, that we look like him. We don't look like a monkey. This is what God must look like. I, I have his image. But that word image actually means imprint. It means his very essence. That God himself, when he formed us, when he thought of you, each and every single one of you, he put his imprint on you and in you, his very essence of who he is. He put a stamp of him inside each and every single one of us. We're part of the family tree. What does that tell us? It means that the very character traits that we can find in ourselves, we can find in the nature and character of God. What that tells us is that your creativity came from the creator. Your ability to think strategically came from the creator. Your entrepreneurial spirit began with the one who started everything. Your vision began and came from a visionary. Your attention to detail came from the person who placed detail in everything. Your homemaking ability came from the ultimate homemaker. Your heart and your compassion came from the great comforter. You are made in God's image. You represent your dad. You're made with his imprint. These are your gifts for life, to demonstrate his image to the world that you live in. The way you are is on purpose, and they're gifts to you. You are not a concession in the eyes of God. Your talents and abilities that you bring to the table are not only precious, but they reflect your father. They reflect who your dad is, that you're your dad's kid. Something that he's not only ashamed of, but that he's proud of. The very things that are inside of us are a reflection of who he is. Now, I'm not saying every part of us. We live in a fallen and broken world. And goodness, I sin. I am broken and I am messed up. And every day I'm working through the things that God is revealing in me that are not like him. But there are things that are in me that are from my dad. His very imprint on my heart. See, I'm a mom. Um, you saw my two kids. And I love it when I can see 
as my kids are growing up that I can see um, me and my husband come out and my kids. Um, are there parents in the room who still, it doesn't matter how old your kids are, but me and Joe, so we have an 11 and 8-year-old, we will still look at our kids and they're not doing anything, but I'll just look at them and be like, Like, I look at their face, and I can't believe it. Like, oh, I, McKenna, she's right there. I love you. I love you. We'll just look at her and like, I can't believe she's mine. I can't believe that God gave her to me. I can't believe it. My mom's sitting in a couple rows back here. She's probably still looking at me. I'm 35 years old, and she's probably like, I can't believe you're mine. I can't believe but I love it when like they do something and I'm like that was so Joe that sounded just like your dad I love it and as me as a mom I love it when so McKenna's 11 years old and she's starting to help me cook and things like that and she'll be um she'll be standing at the stove stirring a pot and she'll have her hand on her hip just like this and she'll have a towel over her shoulder just a certain way as she's stirring a pot, and the hand's got to be upside down like this too. And um, it is just like me. Like, I'll be like standing back in the kitchen and be like, I love it, I love it when I see me come out and my kids. And um, my little Addie, I told you that she was my little prayer warrior. Um, just as it was last week or the week before, she said to me in the van, she said, Mom, my heart hurts. Can you play Jesus music? Oh, that girl. And um, she has just developed such a sense of going to Jesus. And um, I've been in a season of hurt and pain recently. And what does she see? She sees my house filled with worship music constantly. And going to God's word, she's her mom's kid. She's learned that when you're hurting, where do you go? You go to Jesus. Can you play me that Jesus music? But you know what? So I love my kids, and I love seeing what, what, how they're growing, and I love seeing when we come out of them. But I'm my mom's kid. Those very same things that I just said, those are my mom. That's my mom. I put my hand on my hip, and I put a towel over my shoulder just like my mom. And I grew up with a mom who, when she hurt, when she cried, she lost herself in Jesus. She just wanted more of Jesus. And she gave that to me. She gave that to me. I'm a mom's kid. But I'm also my dad's kid. Um, I'm sure my brother has shared this with you guys. Um, we, were a, we were a pastor's family. And when I was, um, we grew up in a small church around in Hamburg. And my dad was always praying for a move of God. He wanted to see revival. He wanted to see revival. He wanted to see God move in his church. He wanted to see lives be changed. He wanted to see people take their steps with him. He wanted to see addictions be broken and families restored and marriages healed. If we couldn't find my dad, oftentimes we could go check over in the auditorium, the sanctuary at the church, and we could find him praying for revival, praying for revival. And um, when I was 16 years old, um, we had a normal Sunday service and a baptism Sunday night. And um, later, he wasn't feeling that well afterwards. The next day, wasn't feeling good and um, moved much quicker than we expected. But um, my dad went to the doctor on Monday. They sent him to the hospital. 
And um, things just moved really fast. He was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. And um, we thought we had some time with him. Um, and uh, that Friday or Saturday, the, all of us kids were at the hospital. And um, we sent my mom home to go shower and change just to get, you know, change things up a bit and just come right back. And um, my dad asked my brother Pete. Um, he needed some help getting out of the bed. And um, my dad went to the ground and he looked at Pete and he said, help me. And in a moment, my dad was with Jesus. He was with Jesus. And um, that's my dad. And I didn't get into the ministry to follow in my dad's footsteps. I really, my steps have been orchestrated and planned by God. But I'm imagining, I live a life for all of the prayers that he lifted up. I get to experience and I have witnessed God do an amazing move in churches. I have seen lives be changed. I have seen marriages be healed and restored. I have seen addictions be broken. I'm living in the life of my dad's prayers. And if I can stand off in my kitchen and get overwhelmed when I look at my kids stirring a pot, I can only imagine how proud my dad would be of me. I could only imagine his smile when he sees me. Imagine that smile that my dad would have for me. So I'm my dad's kid. He would see a bit of himself in me. He'd have that proud dad smile. I'm my dad's kid. But I'm also my dad's kid. I'm my dad's kid. The same is true for your heavenly father. Men, women, teenagers, you're your dad's kid. And there's an imprint of your heavenly father stamped onto your heart, onto your soul. And you were not made just for you, but for the world around you. He put himself in you. You know how many times I just prayed and wished that Jesus could just walk into my bedroom and give me a hug? I just want Jesus to walk up here and fill this place literally. I want him to walk in here. Jesus is never going to walk in my church. He's never going to walk into your workplace. He's never going to walk into your home. But do you know what he is going to do? He's inside each and every one of you. There's a stamp of your heavenly father inside each and every one of you. And he goes to your workplace and he goes to your home and he goes to this church and he wants to show the world his plan of redemption was through all of you guys. You represent the king. There's an imprint. You're not just the image. You don't just look like him. You have the imprint of your heavenly father on your life. Yet we find it so hard to think that that's how God sees us. That he's given us these gifts and abilities. We think of them as a concession, but they're actually his delight. You're not an accident. Your skills are not an annoyance. What you bring to the table, whether in business or in parenting, in leadership or in serving, whatever it is, God is delighted to give you those things. He's delighted to give you those things. Now, I'm excited for this next part, okay? Women, I really want you to tune in on this next part, the second telling of the creation story. Um, I love women. I believe in women. Um, I, I've met some incredible women who do incredible things, and I love their hearts. But often what lacks, what I, I see in women, 
is their confidence. Is their confidence. Wondering as women in the church, in the workplace, wherever you are, am I enough? We're bombarded all the time in all the ways that we aren't enough. We're either too young or too old. We're too quiet or we're too loud. You're too, um, you're too plain or you're too much. You're too thick. You're too thin. You're too much. Can you just, you're, can you just cool it? You're just too much. You're just too much. I want to go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now, I just read the first one, and I'm like, yes, blessing, purpose. I'm doing things. I'm governing things. It sounds so good. And some of us get to chapter 2, and we read that verse. We've been reading it for 20 or 30 years. We're totally comfortable with it, like suitable helper. Others, often like me, I read that, and I'm like, he makes a suitable helper. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. <laughs> like goals <laughs> winning I've got some aspirations suitable helper amazing what's great is when you, a good thing to do when you have a question a concern something doesn't make sense to you it's so it's really good to go to like the original word that they intended to use find out what it is what did it mean where else in the Bible did they use that same exact word you get a better picture of what he was trying to say and um so when we dig into it, okay, we're going to dig into it. The original word for helper, it's a Hebrew word, and it's azer. It's actually on my shirt right now. Some of you guys, I can see you going, what does her shirt say? Azer, it's like razor. Take the R off. It's azer. It's a Hebrew word, azer. There's 100 references to the root word of the same exact word in the Bible. 21 occurrences of this identical word, azer, that is found in the Bible. Um, and every single one of those times, for the 21 identical ones, it's used when God is delivering his people from their enemies. Azer is a combination of words. It means to rescue, to save, to be strong. It means strength and power. It's funny that in a world today where some of us are worried that we may be too strong. Too strong. Coming on too strong. Coming in hot, guys. Coming in a bit too strong. Isn't it funny that in a world that we're told that you may be too strong, it's actually the way that God made you. It's how he designed you. From the very beginning of time, his imprint on the heart of women means to be strong, to be powerful, to rescue. Now, social things are another thing, a complete different thing, okay? Um, we never are supposed to be mean or rude or condescending or a bully, but that's not what strength means, and it never did. It never did. When some of us have dreams and visions to change things, is it any wonder is it any wonder that we have those things? It's because you were made in the image of the great rescuer. It's how God made you. There's a woman I know of in this church who is so passionate about reaching kids and children who have no, parent, who have no homes, no families. She's passionate about foster care and making sure that every child 
grows up with a family who knows and loves them. Is it any wonder why God made her that way? Because her father said that he was going to be a father to the fatherless. He put that stamp on her. Is it any wonder when you have those things to change the world around you, the things that burn on your heart and you're like, what? No, it's got, because God put that in your heart. It's who you were designed and created to be. When you want to labor for justice, when you want to fight for what's right, of course you do. You were made in the image of your dad. It's what he's been doing for all of time, renewing things and making things right and showing up and rescuing. You are made in the image of your dad. Azer also has military connotations. Azer means warrior. In Hebrew culture, an Azer was someone who had the power to help, not someone who needed to help. You needed an Azer because you needed someone to do something that you couldn't do, who can empower you like God delivering his people from their enemies. The word Azer is most often used to describe God, particularly when he is delivering his people. Women, I'm here to tell you that you're an Azer. You are a warrior. If you're wondering, there are women who have such difficult things going on in, their, in your life. I don't know if it's your marriage. I don't know if you have a child who is far from God. I don't know if there's someone in your life, maybe it's you, maybe it's someone in your life who's struggling with addiction. Maybe your child just got a diagnosis. I don't know what your situation is and you don't feel strong enough to take one more step. I don't think I can do this. Church, women, ladies, you are a warrior. You are a prayer warrior, what you can do, because the stamp that God has put on each and every single woman in this room today, you guys can shake the heavens with your prayers. We go to battle for our marriages. We don't fight in our marriages, we fight for our marriages. You go to battle for your children, you go to battle for the things that you're going through, you can do it. It's because God made you that way. You are a warrior. We can shake the heavens. We go to battle for our kids. The things that are after children, this next generation today, after their heart, being in kids ministry for so many years, it's incredible the amount of little kids who struggle with anxiety and depression, and they write that they just want to die. I had a kid in my, in my last church who wrote on a prayer request for God to just take me home. The average age of a child now that ex gets exposed to pornography is fourth grade, third and fourth grade. Kids want to die. Um, average age of kids now in sixth and seventh grade practice cutting themselves to, re to relieve the pain. The enemy is after this generation like ever before. I am a warrior and I will go to battle for those kids. I'll go to battle. Azer is also a verb. It means to protect, to surround, to defend, to cherish. If you ever wonder where Mama Bear came from, Mama Bear, um, I may be in kids' ministry, but if you mess with my kids, I will straight up throat punch you. Don't mess with my kids. It's where it comes from, Mama Bear. It's the way that God made me. It's the way that God made me. It's the way that God made you. 
I don't know what this means to you. I don't know what labels that you have lived with in your life. We have a culture that's calling our name and defining our worth. Church, I'm here to tell you that we don't go to other sources. We don't go to Facebook. We don't go to celebrities. We go to God's word. That book is where we go. When you hear this, do you hear this message and you're thinking, am, am, I, am I her? Is that me? Could that be me? Did you know that you are an Azer? Every single woman in this room, you are an Azer. You are strong and you are powerful and you are a warrior. You are a rescuer. You are a defender and you come alongside to cherish. Does it change how you see yourself? If you're asking, but me, why? Why? Because God made you one. Because God made you one. There are Azers right here in this church. We see them in this church. We see them in our communities. We see them in our homes. Church, I want to ask you from, I want you to think about that for yourself. First, that we're made not just in his image, but with his imprint. When you sit in his presence, what does it look like for you? What imprint did he put on you? I think that we have been created in a way that when we're under the, the hand, the sculptor's hand, that when he shapes us and he conforms us and, and we let him bring out what he put in us under the hand of affirmation, under great commission, that that's where we flourish and we thrive the most. When we walk away from that is where we start to doubt and question. We try to fill our souls and our heart with other things. Church, I want you to think about what imprint did God put on your heart? Because it's not just for you and your, we get caught up in our own little bubbles in the world that we live in, in our own little homes. I want to think, I want you to think about how did God make you? How did God make you? Because he wants to show who he is to a lost and dying world, we lose sight of the fact that we have people in our life. It's not just that they're gonna go to hell, it's that they don't know that Jesus loves them. He loves them and they don't know it. Maybe God gave you a nurturing heart and you're an amazing mother and you're so caring. What if it wasn't just for your little babies? Could you care for a baby in the nursery who a mom who walks in and was just abandoned by her husband and she feels lost and alone and she's afraid her little girl is going to grow up abandoned her whole life. Could you take that heart of nurturing and compassion and for an hour a week love a baby who has a purpose? Could you do that? Maybe you think to yourself, I've got nothing. I'm not good at anything. I've got a killer smile though. <laughs> You won't believe the amount of people that walk in this door and will walk in this door who want to end their life. Could you smile at someone at a door? What did God put in you? Did he make you an incredible leader? Did he make you a good leader? Did he make you a good servant? Did he give you the ability to cook meals? What did he, what did he put in you? It's not just for you and your family. It's to change the world around you. I want you, every person in this room to think about how God made them. I want to share how God made me. See, I spent years of my life 
wishing away the person that God made me. Years of my life, I've struggled with depression and anxiety, and I just don't like myself sometimes. I would wish away how he made me. I didn't like me. Can he just make me stronger? Can he make me not so weird with grown-ups, get socially awkward? Can I just stop crying in meetings? Can I just be like a normal person, wishing away the way that God made me? He, he put his stamp on me for the world that I live in. Spent so long trying to wish it away. But recently sitting in his presence and my identity, this is who I am. I am a carrier of Christ. I am a residence of the Holy Spirit. I am a demonstration of God's care and empathy on the world. I am equipped to do good works that will bring healing to the hurting. I am acceptance for the abandoned. I am a sister with, to those with no family. I am an azer, I am strong. I am a prayer warrior and I go to battle. I am a voice to reach the next generation, to remind others that there is no junior Holy Spirit, but that kids come to know Jesus through the very same Holy Spirit all of you guys are feeling right now. I am a protector of marriage who speaks life into brokenness and declare that all things can be restored. My heart has been joined to Christ. He is my partner, my other half, my everything. When God sees me, he sees his son Jesus and he sees me as his daughter. He sees me as his most cherished possession. I am a daughter of the King of Kings. I was created for such a time as this to tell you that you are wanted. He picked you. You're not chosen last. You're not looked over and without value. You, you were created for such a time as this to demonstrate to the world a side of your dad. I was created to tell the world that Jesus is enough and you are enough for him. I will live all the days of my life with lots or with little, with home or with no home, with title or no title, blessing or lacking, that Jesus is enough for me and that Jesus is enough for you. I am not an accident. You are not an accident. We are a part of his plan. We have his stamp. We have his imprint. You are a part of his plan and we are made to know Jesus and to make him known. That's who I am. Who are you, church? What imprint of your dad is on you that he wants to show the world? And before I leave every single woman in this place, I want to remind you that you're an Azer. If you go home and you journal, I, wanna, I want you to write down what you're strong and what you're passionate about. What do you want to defend? What battle are you going to go fight because you're a warrior? And he put those things on your heart for a reason. I want to encourage every person in this room today to be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Church, I'm so thankful that you guys had me today. I'm going to close in a quick word of prayer. Dear God, I thank you for every single person who is in this room. God, I pray, Lord, that we never lose sight of who you are and what you want to do in us and through us. God, I pray, Lord, that you just um, bring a sense of time of peace and refreshing to every person. Stir in their hearts who you are and, and wanting to run after you. 
God, would you make us more like you? We love you. And in your name we pray, amen. I'm sorry for taking too long, Peter. Can we give it up for my sister one more time?